0: Well, good morning. I mean, it's not morning. It's afternoon. It's afternoon uh, lunch with the uh, broker. I kind of messed that up. So it was supposed to be breakfast with the broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. But, you know, we have a very special guest. And uh, 9 a.m. would be pretty early for this guest. So uh, I certainly uh, wanted to accommodate um, and and move that to 1 o'clock because, you know, uh, that's what you that's if anything we learned, we learned how to, as, as they say, pivot, right? We learned how to be flexible and not saying, you know what, this podcast has to be at 9am. It has to be about good content, about valuable content. We're looking to, you know, really perpetuate professionalism in this industry. We're, we're, we're about collaboration within the industry and we really want to push everyone forward, um, you know, to be more of a team. Um, we're not competitors. We're collaborators. And uh, that's, what we, that's what we do. And we want to give you massive value in this. So without further ado, and now by way of British Columbia, Canada, he is the regional executive vice president of REMAX Western Canada LLC. He consistently supports Children's Miracle Network, winning the highest contributing REMAX region for 12 consecutive years, amazing. He was a professional cattle fitter. At, i got to ask him about this. But he was a professional cattle uh, fitter at livestock shows and auctions. He is a husband, a father of four girls. I'm only a father of three, so you win. And a farmer. He loves curling, golf, and sailing. He is the one, the only out in ash. <sighs> Hey! (laughs)
1: There he is. (laughs) Great to be with you, David.
0: Listen, Alan, I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I think our viewers are in for a treat because, first of all, you know, you've been, you know, through uh, a lot of the ups, downs, sideways, and and all around. And um, I'd love to hear some of your input. But before we get into our input in the real estate market in in Western Canada, you know, how are you doing? How's Western Canada uh, doing? doing in general. Um, You know, I I understand through the pandemic, there are certain things that uh, restrictions that were uh, put upon um, a lot of the people, broker owners, agents um, in that uh, region. And tell us a little bit about how you are and where you're at now.
1: Well, yeah, David, it certainly has been an interesting uh, 16, 17 months, uh, which is as you as you say that number it seems like wow how could it be this long but we've all lived it since we gathered in our four year and a half ago which was the last major event uh most of us have, have gone to and so yeah it uh and canada w- has been an interesting experience now for western canada which includes 35 million square miles believe it or not uh four provinces two territories and uh, we have 276 offices 6300 sales associates here in western canada uh the area real estate was deemed an essential service Now that wasn't true across the country in the province of quebec which is out you know in the eastern part of the country you know straight north of the state of new york um it was not an essential service and the, and the entire real estate industry with notaries and lawyers just shut down. If you can imagine that, what a freaking nightmare that must have been. And yet Remax and Quebec continue to do very well. So talk about, a, an interesting scenario. So out west here, essential service, uh, of course, like everywhere else, you know, April, May, a year ago was total shutdown, but then it started to come back in July. And then August, and then September, and then October, it was like the wheels fell off of everything. The the velocity was so hard and furious. And uh, that has continued till about uh, a month ago, and then inventory levels started increasing. But uh, it's been a wild ride. So
0: what powers the real estate market in Western Canada? You know, because, you know, as uh, I mean, uh, it's kind of another world, right? Because you know, you look at South Florida and, you know, we're in our little bubble and you could see the beach in the background, it's my, in my virtual background, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's such different. You have different needs, different, you know, um, requirements. Um, you know, there are different people moving in, you know, demographically and such. You know, so what powers the uh, Western Canadian uh, region?
1: Well, you know, it's not a whole lot different. It is right now the the move over buyer, you know, the 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 homeowner that is changing, and quite frankly, I'm sure it's a similar situation, uh, and the pandemic uh, causing people to really analyze their existing lifestyle, their where they're living, how they, you know, what their home is. There was, of course, the millennials driving urban living. You know, for the past six seven years and that was sort of going to be the new norm everybody wanted to be downtown near the the you know the the rapid transit uh, whatever you know sort of thing didn't want the commutes and 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 then the pandemic hit and that that previous trend seemed to be where the industry was going and yet the pandemic hits and people start to realize you know I I'm working from my home. I've got the kids underfoot. Uh, My spouse is working too. We're sharing the dining room table. We're trying to do homeschooling or online learning and all this sort of stuff. And suddenly the light bulb went on and said, yeah, no, this, uh, you know, 650 square foot studio condo in downtown Vancouver that we just paid 1.4 million for isn't really what we need when we could buy a 2,400 square foot single detached home on a third of an acre out in Kelowna, British Columbia, which is where I live. You know, a five-hour drive from downtown Vancouver for 1100000 million. We'll pocket a cool $350,000 and live like kings, right? That, that is So this move over buyer segment has really powered the entire market. And and that I, I think is probably pretty similar there as well at, in occasions, eh?
0: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, and you know, where did the A come from? I still don't understand that. You know, I, I, I watch these hockey games and uh, and they all go A, and and I just kind of like the Canadian A, you know. So, Bob uh, <laughs> and Doug
1: McKenzie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So, uh, but I know. Listen, I mean. You're absolutely right. The move over buyer um, has really, really gone, um, you know, and, and I, I haven't heard that term before, but I do like it, you know, um, has really helped empowered. and powered. And the crazy thing is, is like you look across the country, you look across on um, both Canada and the United States, yeah, like there are very few areas, um, maybe pockets that are not on fire right now. I mean, they are just, you know, killing it. And, um, you know, the real estate market. So you just start to wonder, like, how is that possible? There's got to be a segment. It's not like um, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, there's we have suddenly that, that many less units available to us or that many more people. You know, it, it's it's just crazy how, how the entire real estate market in both the United States and, and, and Canada have really just exploded
1: yeah and certainly as you mentioned there were segments of the market that were slower to react the condominium segment is a prime example pretty much nationally across the entire country here is that the single family detached took off there in that august september period and condos languished but there was a huge oversupply of brand new condos you look at downtown toronto downtown vancouver calgary um it, it that was Simply the the market situation, but they got absorbed slowly through that time period. So now condos, well, back in January, we're in the same situation. We're 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 being fueled by this whole market. Um, but interestingly enough, as as I briefly alluded to earlier, the last three weeks now we are starting to see a a calming of the marketplace. We're not going and uh chris alexander who's my counterpart for remax ontario atlantic canada and i released a joint statement nationally to the press that got picked up that that we felt that the industry had to really look at professionalism in the business and of course remax is known for being the top producers in the business having the longest experience and having that very professional element with the way that we serve our customers and clients and and so we and we had actually we thought it should be an industry stance so so we actually contacted a couple of our competitors in Canada. Royal LePage is our number one competitor um and say hey we want to as an industry you know look at how this is all had these multiple offer blind bidding situations and, and how buyers were stressed and actually sellers too, in a lot of cases, you know, and so let's real, and they didn't want to participate. So that's fine. We then, which got our statement on this professionalism thing, really got picked up by the media across the country. And I'm actually doing a couple strategic planning sessions now with a couple of the provincial associations now out of this whole thing. But it, it, I think as as market leaders, and in Canada we have thirty four percent market share, and we have uh, about eighteen percent of the realtor population with Remax, on the Canadian Real Estate Association, which is the NAR equivalent for Canada. Out of the thirteen or fourteen directors, six are Remax affiliates, and so. We felt this responsibility as an organization to talk about professionalism in the business. So, yeah, it's it's been an interesting thing.
0: You know, it's awesome. And I've gone through strategic planning as well in our associations and such. And, um, you know, the one thing that continues to come up is, you know, broker supervision um, and or liability, because we have a, a significant issue um, in, in our industry, um, at least um, in South Florida, um, is is what I know. And, and and we have a lack of professionalism. Um, you know, when you have a hot market, the way that this is, you know, and you have leverage or a listing agent has leverage to use that leverage to benefit yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's really to a detriment of everyone else. So instead of, you know, you're helping one person yourself and, you know, really disappointing 25 others and it gets monopoly, you know, it, it basically, basically it's multiplied because all their families are disappointed. All they're, they're talking about, you know, what, what's going on and such. And, you know, and sometimes when, you know, there are no brokers to uh, respond to, they don't respond and, you know, they, they don't want to resolve things. So, you know, we definitely have an issue. Um, you know, I hope that we can, cooler heads can prevail And when the market does become a more of a balanced market, we could sit down and really talk about collaboration and professionalism. Because, you know, these companies that are coming out there, their business model, quite honestly, is to not, you know, to to hire anyone and anyone, but not to supervise them. And
1: And, that can't be done. Yeah. And not serve the consumer's best interest. To serve... I mean, the competitor, which we shall not name perhaps, uh, no, all, yeah, kind yeah. of downline multi level, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, all- and,
0: and listen, and, and before I, you know, and, and I have a lot of friends that are, um, all in all different brands, and a lot of viewers that are all different brands. And this isn't one company because, listen, there are bad Remax agents, there are bad every agents, right? So, um, And they're bad brokers. They're bad Remax brokers, just like there's everywhere else. So this is not, to me, brand specific. But sometimes you have companies that are business models that are specific to really the lack of broker supervision. I think some of them are understanding that and starting to put team leaders in place and such. But we have to do, as an industry, have to band together and help each other. And I didn't mean to cut you off, Alan. Sorry. No, no,
1: you're you're exactly correct, David. And and I mean, this this is a topic that could be debated for hours, of course. But I think it's important when you have markets like we've just been experiencing and continued experience in many many places, uh, the stress that buyers, especially right now, feel or flip flop to the Great Recession. You know, especially in South Florida. And I was attending a meeting in Miami, I think it was in uh, November. Uh, well, I was down there November 09, <clears throat> excuse me, and again in October of 10, 2010, and seeing those vacant t- condo towers downtown. It, 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 uh, and, and so it, there's stresses, no matter what the cycle is going on. And ultimately, professionalism is critical for the long-term longevity of our profession period right
0: so how do you, how do you achieve professionalism you know NAR came out with c2x designation I could tell you right now one of the best things that they've ever come out with uh, the c2x uh, designation is um, is awesome uh, it really um, It talks about scenarios. It puts you through scenarios. It's not something that you could sit online and do it in 30 minutes, even though it's a 14-hour course or whatever, you know, some of these continuing ed um, jokes that, you know, that they put out. But um, C2X is really a designation that it takes, you know, a lot of times it takes a month. You know, some people, you know, take two or three months. So I love, um, you know, their push for C2X. But the one thing I'll say is that, you know, we only have, you know, a handful of C2X, you know, designations or or across, you know, the country. And you're looking at professionalism and how you're getting it. Well, you need to empower the brokers. You need to empower the region reps, the region people, not just through, you know, and this, you know, calls for all brands. You know, the brokers really need to take some more responsibility in the training and ethics that these people are going on and saying. You know what? If if one of my agents is wrong, it's okay to say, "Hey, my agent was wrong. We're going to try and help resolve this issue."
1: Yeah, there has to be accountability for that to occur, and ultimately, that ends up being the regulator. You know that, that because ultimately it has to be the license that would be held uh, responsible and that's the regulator's job the the debate here in canada and british columbia is the regulator can also go too far and and we've seen that for example double ending now is uh, has been taken right out the regulator doesn't allow it any longer what you have to do <clears throat> excuse me is is have Say I've got the listing and you're the buyer, you come see my home at a virtual open house tour through Matterport or or in the old days come the open house and you want, I like this house, I want to write an offer. Today in British Columbia, I would have to uh, do that with you as an unrepresented buyer, which opens up all kinds of potential litigation or refer you to another realtor and and that is an example of a regulator moving too far and so there's always this balance of of debate that goes on and i think yeah we have to understand and in in canada with the canadian real estate association and their code of ethics which they just uh for lack of better description description refreshed two years ago uh through uh, you know through strategic planning and then bring it down to the provincial associations down to the boards but there's a lack of teeth in it again because what can you do as an association so it it uh yeah it's it's an interesting ultimately it boils down to accountability as you said Dave.
0: yeah you know and what people don't realize is that they look at double-sided and they say all right well you know a buyer is going to buy something from a listing agent who's representing technically the seller's interests, you know, but, you know, in, in South Florida, you know, in, in Florida in general, I mean, you are a transaction broker unless you know, otherwise stated. So, you know, when you're a transaction, you're, you're there to facilitate the transaction. Well, technically, I mean, it's in the seller and buyer's interest to have one agent to deal with right? Seller, you know, the listing agent has all the information, you know, they had to disseminate most of that information unless the seller says, you know, don't say something and it's not, you know, legal or materially affecting the property. But I mean, you would want, you know, when we talk about professionalism, you would want to be able to trust one agent to handle one transaction as opposed to two agents. It doesn't mean that we want to do that, you know it just means that you know we want to be able to work with the network and collaboration of people that we know because we know that their buyers are real and that they're going to end up getting to the end of the closing table right
1: oh yeah and ultimately you know when it comes to uh consumer protection and regulator responsibilities on this unfortunately what occurs and and again with firsthand experience here it's this small, small minority that affect because the vast majority of, of, of realtors are professional in, in the way that they deal with the fiduciary responsibilities and representing and, and the homeowner likes the idea of their realtor represent, you know, having the buyer and the buyer likes the idea of their realtor you know being on side with the the seller too because there's a sense of confidence that the vast majority feel that the knowledge is there the understanding on both sides of the equation it's just unfortunate you have this like I've said this small minority that abuse it and then we all end up paying price
0: so what's the I mean I don't know if you know this information offhand like, what's the average sale price? In, in, I mean, you know, if I say Western Canada, that's a lot, that's a big uh, area, but we'll go with Vancouver because, uh, yeah. you know, people really uh, gravitate to Vancouver.
1: Yeah, the average sale price in city of Vancouver for single detached homes right now is around 1.8 million. Okay. Um, Canadian 30% right. exchange rate, but uh, <laughs> uh so it's a deal in US dollars, but uh. Uh, but that, that is, I mean, Vancouver is the most expensive market in the country. Um, if you looked at nationally, it's 400 and 470,000 round number 475 and change. Um, and that's the national average price. And, and, and that has seen a year over year increase of nearly 30%. Um, this past year, but, uh, but you know, of course, interest rates, um, all of us across doesn't matter what side of the border we're on historically low rates great time to take advantage of the pandemic has of course uh the savings the money that's sitting in savings accounts right now doing nothing is in the trillions of dollars right, right. You know, people they haven't gone done their trips they haven't you know they've been hibernating in their basement yeah um yep. It, it, it and so there's a lot of money out there and so when you start looking at what this cycle is going to economic cycle the general economic cycle where it's going um it's kind of scary you know uh, because I, i've been in this business 40 plus years now licensed as a realtor and uh i i've seen every cycle <laughs> you know you name it and there's always a cycle up now it's never i mean if it's ever flat it's like Three months. Right. And, and, and so you're going up or you're going down. As an old uh, a friend of mine who who is a stock market guy uh, has always said he makes money no matter what the market's doing, the stock market, you know, it's like that for renters in a way. Uh, you know, people gotta sell or they gotta buy, and and we, we're there to represent them. And and so where this goes, um I I'm really hoping that it is we're going to see with the inventory coming on now there's a pent-up su- supply issue here that's coming onto the market now and that we're not going to see the multiple bid bidding that we've seen that's already started to abate um and and that we just get more of a gentle <laughs> famous last words more mm-hmm. of a gentle easing here so that by I mean, we're anticipating q one twenty two to be a pretty balanced market um, with the way things are going and the overall economic cycle looks pretty positive. You look at the Bank of Canada, the Fed in the us and what they're predicting, you know for coming up. I know that the Canadian dollar has suffered recently uh, because the Fed is signaling an increase of rates, which and the Bank of Canada hasn't. And so that affects the Canadian, the currency valuation. Anyway, it, it's interesting.
0: So what kind of inventory is coming on the market? Are, are these foreclosures? Are these, um, inventory that, you know, people are testing the market, you know, what kind of inventory is, um, on the market?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, it's certainly not foreclosures. In fact, our, um, what's the name of it? It's not, uh,
0: Forbearance.
1: Yeah, is at historical lows, uh, and a lot of that because the Canadian government stepped in with these uh, uh, economic plans that people, you didn't even really, you, all you had to do is sign your name and send it in, you got $2,000, <laughs> you know, a month, uh, which was a great plan, you know, it, it certainly helped, especially in the service trades. I mean, if you're in the hospitality industry, the restaurant, dining industry, you are. You are crushed, right? Cool. Uh, and so it, uh, and so that helped tremendously. So as a result, though, so, so the, you know, everything that's it's co- coming into the market now it is really pretty typical. The move over buyer segment, as I mentioned earlier, um, but there 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 are always those who who plan to move, you know, for for whatever that become empty nesters have the new baby i mean both ends of that scale um retired uh new new job promotion you name it the various reasons that come into people's lives and and that has all been put on hold in essence Mm -hmm. that's what caused the lack of inventory but now people are and it was put on hold because people were scared they didn't know all especially a year ago about covid and what it was all going to be and how do you show your home safely and of course realtors our industry uh was elated is a late adopter of technology use and so the 3d tours but to use the overworked adjective pivot <laughs> yeah. we all pivoted right and we're doing this now and and so we we're quite catch up but the bottom line is homeowners were just not confident in putting their home well they are now the the vaccination rates uh in Canada now, it's about 73% have received their first vaccination. We're lagging behind you in the U.S. with our second vaccinations, but we're, we're now full steam ahead there. The um, goal by, with many, and the provinces control that, uh, probably similar to the states. Anyway, the, um, the goal for many of the provinces to have be at that 70, which is a benchmark, 70% back, double, full vaccination rate by the end of July. Um, so that's creating confidence people are yeah you can i'm going to put my home in the market now i have delayed for all <laughs> this time. so that's where we're going to see this inventory spike this increase Interesting. And, and also the buyer demand has been satiated pretty much and and so it's going to be that's why we're really pretty strongly believe this balanced market. In our well,
0: future. well you kind of insulted the buyer right <laughs> as, as a market we kind of said you know what, buy, Mr. Buyer, and I don't know if you've ever seen the, the TikTok with the Apple. You know, this is an Apple and, and whatever. I mean, it's just, you know, I want to sell this Apple. I, if you if you haven't ever seen that, you got you to gotta check that out because it is literally our market. You know, like, you know, it's sellers, um, you know, getting ridiculous offers, crazy over appraised values or waiving the appraisals and all this stuff. And, and, we, and we've said, well, Mr. Body, you can't, you know, you have to only see the property from 11 to 1230 um, on a Saturday. And you're going to be there with 500 people, other people that are going to want to buy it. And we don't care whether you, we, we don't care whether you have cash or whether you were, you know, whether, um, um, you know, whatever you do, right. This is our terms. And, you know, we want to stay in the post-occupy the property for six, months or whatever stupid things they come up with because they have leverage. Well, the buyers remember that, right? So a lot of these buyers have gotten out of the market, you know, um, we're going to see a little bit of, you know, I think, you know, we're always last to do it, but um, you know, it usually starts in the West and comes a little East, <laughs> you know, we're a little slower down over in the East. So, uh <laughs> So we, um, you know, it's going to come be a time where, you know, the inventory is going to start to increase. It's, we've seen a little bit, we've seen where, you know, it's funny because I I, uh, I listed a property the other day and, and a um, and it was on the market for like 12 or 13 days and a buyer asked me, well, what's wrong with the property? I said, what do you mean? Well, it's only been on the market 12 or 13 days. <laughs> you know, like people are like, <laughs> they uh, condition, you know, yeah. so, but it is funny. Um, What are your more like, are your mortgages still like 30 year fixed? Are they, you know, very similar to the States? Um, you know, do you have options? Are there, are there a lot of guidelines and restrictions?
1: Yeah, we're quite different when it comes to the, the mortgage, uh, environment in Canada. Um, there are no 30 year fixed or, or anything like that. What, what they are is, and we did get to a point back in, uh, during the Great Recession where where, uh, the federal government, which controls uh, the the mortgage environment in general terms with rules and regulations, uh, did provide a 30-year amortization period. Uh, But generally, right now, they're 25-year full amortization period. But with the option of variable rates totally variable with whatever the market's doing to a five year fixed rate. And so and so, uh, um, so uh, first time home buyers, for example, my young, our youngest daughter just bought her first home in Edmonton, Alberta here back in uh, November last fall. And and so Sarah Jane said, dad, what should I do for my mortgage? And she was first time home buyer. We helped, of course the bank of mom and dad helped out a bit <laughs> with her down payment. <laughs> But, but, uh, and so she put 20% down on a, on a 1,400 square foot townhouse uh, paid uh, pretty reasonable from our point of view, $225,000 for, and, and, uh, and so I said, well, Sarah Jane, you know, you're a first time home buyer, you're, you're just getting your career going. And and so you should opt for as long a fixed term as you can get, which is a five-year term and then at the end of 5 years you would renegotiate or whatever current terms are like that and that's that's the mortgage environment in Canada so right now for example she got that fixed 5 year term on a 25 year am uh for 1.94%. I mean free money for 5 years. Wow. Wow. I mean I mean is I mean,
0: too yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like wow, like mortgage brokers must be killing it there because every five years they're renegotiating. Yeah, are they yeah. renegotiating with the banks or are they renegotiating with these? You know, they're having to refinance.
1: Typically, um, I, again, I'll just this is general terms only. No, no, no I agree. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm yeah. just trying to find an overview yeah. of it. Yeah, what Sarah Jane will do in five years, and she got her. um, Mortgage through a broker, mortgage broker. Um, but it it is underwritten by one of the big five banks in Canada. You got Royal bank, bank of commerce, T Toronto, Dominion, you know, the big five. And then you've got all the other lenders too, that the brokers also have access to. So, so typically what she'll do in five years is she'll get the notification from her broker who says, uh, yeah, Sarah Jane, it's time to renegotiate your loan. And this is what I can get you at Uh, wherever. Right. And, and, but the majority of Canadians will simply just refinance with that original lender, 80% of Canadians do that. Um, and the broker doesn't even get involved for 80% of those deals. The bank, the lender sends a, a letter to the, to the mortgagee and says, uh, or the mortgage or <laughs> anyway, the guy that bought, borrowed the money <laughs> and, and says to them, Hey, it's up for renewal. This is the rate and most people just okay fine sign it on with life for another five-year fixed term of course what i'll suggest to sarah jane is you know call call your broker if you don't hear from or they've left the industry or something let's talk to a broker again and get you the best deal that we can right let's let's sure, not no. be overly loyal here right no, no, no. yeah
0: great so um i always end the, the and we went way over so sorry about that but um You know, I always go in the, uh, the show on two questions and hopefully do you watch streaming shows? Netflix?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So, um, what's your favorite streaming show and what are you currently watching?
1: Well, um, my favorite streaming show has been Vikings on, uh, on prime and, and, uh, I'm waiting for the last, uh, six or 10, episodes to see of that because it's wrapped up now. Um, I haven't seen them yet. I just finished watching, and of course, I'm not a big, I don't ever, yeah, I'm glad you asked streaming because I don't watch commercial TV. I can't stand it, Um, Manifest, which is an NBC production, but it went to Netflix. And and I found that as a cross, you can immediately tell, I love history because of the Vikings, but I'm also into science fiction. And and uh, and so I, I like these sorts of like lost, of course. Right. I watch lost and and uh, except last- for the last episode. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so so I uh, my wife gets mad at me because I'm a bit of uh, well, I'm a type A personality, but I, I get this uh, focus. Right. So I, I binge because I've just got
0: to see it, right? Anyway. I'm the same. Yeah, no, I'm the same. So Ellen, I really, really appreciate you uh, dedicating all this time to our viewers and giving value and understanding You know what Western Canada's market looks like, what Canada has done um, and what continues to do. And uh, we certainly appreciate your service to the real estate industry, including all the professionalism that you shine through. So thank you very much for uh, joining us and hopefully we will meet in person at R four next year, um, if not sooner.
1: Well, hopefully, perhaps yep, BOC this summer. Hope to be there. So yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Elton. Take Bye care. Now.